Hello, Solomon, David, and Mikey. This is the Kevin Mutombo. You have a podcast, your show, Sporting DSM. It's Solomon here. David. And Mikey, welcome back to Sporting DSM. It's just the three of us today. We're just going to jump right into the topics. And Solomon, take it away. All right. So uh, first, I want to report before we get into the uh, episode that uh, it was reported today that Scotty Pippen's oldest son, Antron, passed away at 33 years old uh, due to chronic asthma. And this is a big loss for Scotty Pippen as well as the entire basketball community. Uh, so we really feel for Scotty Pippen on this day. And uh, this video goes out to him, this podcast. Uh, and with that said, let's get on with the episode. First off, LaMarcus Aldridge. He played his last game on April 10th against the Lakers. And soon afterwards, he uh, reported that he experienced an irregular heartbeat during the game. And then it got worse a few hours later. And he has officially retired from the NBA. And just in one more thing, just in right now, it has just been reported a few minutes ago that by Shams that Miles Turner has a partial tear of plantar plate in the great toe of his right foot and is out indefinitely. So that's some more bad news. Now, first off, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, how does losing LaMarcus Aldridge affect them? David, what do you think? Um, well, we already know that they have uh, they they've been having problems at that center position. We even mentioned it last last episode with uh, Mikey Domigal and David Jalovitz. Uh, I mean, it just it just leads us to a question: Is Nicholas Claxton going to be enough to you know uh, you know hold hold down these other bigs in the league that they're going to have to go through? I don't know. Uh, is DeAndre Jordan going to be enough? We don't know. And to be honest, it may not be the case. It doesn't, doesn't look like the Nets are going to uh, have that depth at the center position. And that's one of the reasons I don't think they're going to go so far. What do you guys think? I agree with you on that one. You know, Blake Griffin, they say he's back, but uh, is he really back? Like, I, I, I pay, pay attention to his defensive effort. It's not there. It's, not, it's really not there. And even with LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, I thought LaMarcus Aldridge was a very good move for the Nets. Uh, but now that he's he's not there, he's retired. Uh, they, I think they've taken a big hit at that position. And Nicholas Claxton. Uh, Nicholas Claxton is uh, a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah. he and this is a, a content. This is a contending team, a team that that wants to contend. And Nicholas Claxton is a player who has not yet grown into his own. He hasn't. Uh, lived up to his potential yet and that's not the kind of guy who's going to be playing big minutes in the playoffs it's yeah. not you know and uh the the nets at the center position on the defensive end they really have problems and we saw on sunday they played the miami heat and they they played small and bam destroyed them bam killed them absolutely destroyed them so if they're losing to bam out of bio what are they gonna do against Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo? And how about Sabonis? Exactly. Do you think they're gonna stop Sabonis and Miles Turner? Hopefully, if he's back. Uh, no. You know. And just to circle back really quickly to Marcus Aldridge, guys, we know it wasn't a, uh, like it wasn't an easy decision for him. But like, uh, you know, after the, he spoke with the medical experts and. Uh, you know, his family, it, it was the right decision for him. It just, it was such an abrupt, you know, retirement that like no one was expecting it. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, we obviously wish him the best and it sucks that he has to go out like this. He said that he spent 15 years putting basketball first and that now it was time to put his 
health and his family first. So I, I think he made the right decision, uh, even though it's sad to see him go. Yeah. He had uh, such an amazing career. He was the most consistent player of the 2010s. Most consistent. You can rely on him to get you the numbers night in and night out. He, especially in that mid-range area, he was one of the best in the mid-range area. Uh, he played incredible defense. How can we forget his turnaround? His iconic turnaround. Of course, iconic. Iconic. And his entire career, he really, most of his career, he didn't shoot a lot of threes. And these last two years, uh, he, you know, he started shooting threes. So it's, it's you know, great to see that uh, after so, so much time in the league, he still has the ability to, to change his game and expand what he can do. And I, I think he would have really helped the Nets out a lot. In, uh, in in the rest of the season and the, in the playoffs. Uh, but, uh, it, and, and it's really sad to see him go. Yeah. yeah. It's it's sad that there was the, the Portland Trailblazers with Aldridge, Brendan Roy, and Greg Oden. And all of their careers were, were, and were cut short by injuries. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you said it all for sure. It's, it's what it is. It's sad that that's how it ended. But I mean, you know, like you said, he has to put his health first. That, that obviously comes first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and some more bad news for the Brooklyn Nets. In that game against the Heat, early on in the game, Kevin Durant banged knees with Trevor Ariza. And Durant left the game. He didn't return to the game. And, uh, uh, it was diagnosed as a thigh contusion. So I don't know when he'll be back. You know, you know, I really, I find it funny, right? You know, they, the, here you have the Brooklyn Nets trying to form a super team, trying to form a championship team in, in, in less than a season, right? And they, they just can't stay healthy. The, the, team, the team just can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. And how, how, how do you expect to, you know, exceed expectations or even meet expectations and, and, and try and go and win a championship, yet you can't even keep a healthy team? And I'm checking his status now. It says he will not play Tuesday night because of this left thigh contusion. Uh, and really, to me, this doesn't come as a surprise because coming into this season, I said that Durant would not be the same. I said that he meant that he's not going to be the same. I said he's not going to play the same as he was before his uh, his uh, hamstring, right? His ACL, and uh, you know, well, he he's he did put up big numbers when he does play, but he doesn't play much. He doesn't play much. Uh, we're we're nearing the playoffs, and their big three of Kyrie, Harden. And Durant has still only played seven games together. There you go. I mean, the thing with the Nets is there's currently an imbalance of power right now. You know, you signed five players. One's already retired. Then you have another four people. Well, I wouldn't say signed. I'd say acquired five players. One's retired. One is way past his good days. And everyone's saying he's there with his good days. But at the same time, everyone on the Nets is getting injured. So basically, the Nets in their head need to figure out, okay, now we need to make this Harden based around not we need to make this rotation based around Harden. We need to base this rotation around the Irving. And right now, like Kyrie's barely playing because he's he uh converted to Islam and he's fasting, so he has to like deal with that during games. And then also you have you know, Kevin Durant, who constantly, like, gets hurt. You have James Harden, who's constantly getting hurt. So there's an imbalance kind of on the Brooklyn bench. And then their depth is so short. And I don't even know if there is depth. There, There's not depth. There's not. There's absolutely not depth. 
until Spencer Dinwiddie gets back, which will be God knows when. Uh, and then off the bench, you'll have Dinwiddie and Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan, right? DeAndre Jordan is a rebounder. That's all he does. He gets rebounders. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's a good offensive guy. He's, he's a good player. He I like Dinwiddie. And then you have Jeff Green. Jeff Green, he's a great defender, but he's not going to get you anything on the offensive end. He's, he's just a smart-up guy. Yeah, that's it. And, I mean, we may even see the Nets shopping Spencer Dinwiddie next season. You don't know if they're going to keep him. Right. I believe he's a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent after this um, – after this – by this offseason, which starts on August 2nd. August, August 2nd? Or August, I believe they said August 2nd. Uh, let me check on that. I have the tweet right here. August 2nd. Yes, you're right. At 6 p.m. Eastern time. According to Shams. That is the proposed uh, date for free agency. Right. And that's when... Lonzo Ball's contract will be expired. That's when Kawhi Ball Leonard, Ka- Kawhi Leonard as well. Oh Kawhi yeah, he, I thought he was on a four-year deal. No, nope. right, oh, two-year two expandable, probably. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Kawhi Leonard is uh, is a I don't free think he's agent. Leave LA. Not planning to leave LA. Maybe not. Maybe I not. I guess. I guess we'll see. Uh, I think it all depends on how far they get in the playoffs. If they if they get out in the second round again, Kawhi is um saying uh, bye bye. Right. If if they repeat uh, last year, then I don't think Kawhi will be interested in, in running it back again. For them, because it's the Eastern uh, Conference Finals or nothing. For them, it's the finals or nothing. For Kawhi, for Kawhi, it's the finals or nothing. For for everyone else, okay, East they'll be satisfied with the Eastern Conference Finals. Western Conference. Uh, I'm, I messed up. Western, right, Western Conference. But Kawhi himself, I think, would want to win another finals MVP. Where we see a Lakers-Jazz matchup happening, Kawhi Leonard is still trying to figure out his way in there. Yeah, I mean, if the playoffs were to end right now, uh, uh, pull up the standings, if the playoffs were to, to start right now, the Jazz would be playing... Actually, the winner of, of whoever gets the eighth seed in the in the playing tournament. So it would be either the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, or the Spurs. And I think it's looking like it's going to be either Memphis or San Antonio at that rate. I mean, now it now it's not it's hard to tell because uh, because they have the playing tournament. But seven, eight, nine, and ten. Is Dallas, Memphis, didn't Warriors, go, and Spurs? Respectively. Didn't Murray also go out for the Spurs? Like, isn't he injured? Uh, Dejounte Murray. I believe so. Uh, let me check on that. Dejounte Murray. No, he's uh, he just had a triple double the other night on Friday. Good for him. Yeah. So no, he's playing. He's healthy. Good for him. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, the Nets, that's the, uh, the Clippers. If I, I think Kawhi Leonard is expecting them to make the finals, at least, at least the finals. Well, no, t- no team in the playoffs doesn't expect to get to the finals, but you know, things happen unexpectedly. For example, the Bucks getting out in the first round last season. The Nuggets going to the Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets lost in the second round. They beat the Magic in the first round. The Nuggets? The Denver Nuggets? The, no, the Bucks. The Bucks. I'm sorry. You said the Bucks went out of the first. The Bucks beat the Magic in the first round. They lost to Miami in the second. Okay, my bad. But the Nuggets going out as the late as they did, not a single person expected that. Everyone How was- about... How about the Heat going to the finals oh. and pushing the Lakers to six? I kind of saw it happening from the get-go. I mean, Tyler, Tyler Hero in the playoffs was a different animal. Jimmy Butler was leading that team like a champion. Their defense. And their defense like, was just second to none. 
Their defense is incredible. I, I think they can do it again. I think they can go far again, uh, especially with Oladipo helping them out. Oladipo yeah. for them has been water trade, water trade. How about Ariza? Ariza has been in the starting lineup the past few games. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, that's no that 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 was a surprise, honestly, when I saw you know Trevor Ariza getting that much minutes. I thought like when they acquired him, they were just going to drop him or something, but he's been you know. No, because the Heat have the Heat know what they're doing. They have this good balance of like veterans and young guys. Tyler right. Hero, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson. These are younger guys that are getting good minutes. You have Jimmy Butler basically as, like, the core of the team, in essence. You got Bam. And you have these older guys like Iguodala, um, Iguodala, Ariza. And you have Oladipo, who's kind of, like, in the middle of vet and young, I guess, in a sense. Right. Yeah, Oladipo, I think he has a, a special role on that team and that on the on the Pacers – he had a lot of responsibility handling the ball. He was and basically it, the leader of the Pacers around then. Right. So and this was not a factor. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you no, know, it turns to basically Sabonis so becoming this amazing player and he became an all star. And because of that, it propelled Sabonis to become the face of the Pacers so quick that Oladipo was just like, what am I doing here? Right. And then, yeah. yeah, he wanted out. He wanted out, and they, he out. they let he him got out. out. He didn't like where he was. Then he got out again. Yeah, when he landed in Houston, right when he got there, he said, I don't want to be here. I want to play for Miami. Yeah. And that's where he is now. In Houston, he, you know, he didn't do great. He, I mean, he had numbers. He, put, he scored some points, but it wasn't great for them in Houston. They lost a lot of games. Uh, the Rockets are... Uh, 14th in the Western Conference right now. That's sad, honestly. But yeah. at least they have a good future going for them. And we'll see that later. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I, they got four picks from Brooklyn. Oh, that's true. That yeah. is true. They got, they got a pick. nice Brooklyn. amount of picks. But, I mean, I, when you think of the Rockets, I'm, I'm asking myself right now, what's going to happen with John Wall? Like, this guy – can't, his career can't end like this. I don't want this to happen with him. He's got to get somewhere else. The Rockets are just not the place for him. I mean, John Wall needs to be on a championship, needs to be in a championship environment. We all know that. But what championship team needs him? All these championship teams are based – no, not championship team. What playoff team, my bad, would need him? Now, How about if, the uh, Clippers? I was just going to say the Clippers. You think they should trade away Patrick Beverly? Oh yeah, any anything you know, any player on that team. Just right. I feel like a fair team. trade would be giving away Patrick Beverly, some guys on the bench that don't really do much, and some picks for for Wall. And I think it would be good. I think it would be good. A trio of Wall, Kawhi, Mike Paul George. Paul George. But also, great. don't discredit some of the other guys they have too. Some some of the guys on the Clippers are dogs. Yeah, uh, Nicholas Batum was a great addition for them last offseason. He's been doing quite well fitting into that role. I think he will play a part in that team in the playoffs. He'll you know, probably see I, a lot of minutes. I just want to circle back really quickly to when we mentioned the Nuggets. I was saying in the previous episode, I don't know if it was the previous one or the other one, uh, that I wouldn't be surprised. Well, this was before the Jamal Murray, Murray injury. That you know, if the Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals again, like I, I really wouldn't be surprised. And hey, maybe, maybe even without Jamal Murray, Nuggets may sneak their way in there. What do you guys think? I believe uh, so. Agree. I think that uh, you know, if they had Jamal Murray, they could definitely do it again. But without Murray, I think furthest they'll get is, is the second round. Without Murray. I, you have the MVP on your team, and you have no belief in them? I, no, that's not what I'm saying. Look, I said they could get to the second round. and uh, uh, But if you look at last, last year, why, how, how did that happen? How, how did they get there? It wasn't just Jokic. 
It was Murray, Jokic, Murray MPJ. Murray played a, a huge part. In but that. now this year, you guys add Aaron Gordon to the mix. You add... But Aaron Gordon is not Jamal Murray. Last year, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell had a historic playoff matchup. Historic. And then, yeah, we all know the meme of... Uh, what's his name? Donovan Mitchell, you know, falling to the ground after the loss. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, the Donovan Mitchell injury... I mean, it's not... I mean, for fantasy players, yeah, you should be worried. <laughs> but uh, in terms of... Just, in terms of the Jazz, then... Uh, and, in terms of the Jazz themselves, I think it's like, you know, yeah, you're losing a big star. And you still have Gobert. You still have, uh, you know, your other guys to help around. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. Like, and, and not even that. I mean, Donovan's going to be back in, in time for the playoffs and in time for uh, yeah, just yeah, just getting far. But also, the reason behind the success isn't only the players. It's Quinn Mo fucking Snyder. <laughs> he is... The best coach in the NBA right now, if we're not talking Thibodeau. I was just going to say, hey, listen, you cannot say. I'm not discredit. I will never discredit my coach. Solomon, we were talking about the Nuggets having a good playoff run. I am a Knicks fan. I know my team isn't getting past the first round. (laughs) You have something to look forward to here. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. And we're not expecting, you know, this win now thing. But a six-game win streak? And then do we play tonight or tomorrow night? Uh, Six-game win streak, and let's see. Let me check on that for you. You do not play tonight. You play tomorrow night against the Hornets. Okay. Hum diddly dee. Yeah, Hornets are uh, in the eighth seed with a record of 28 and 28. Oh, my. Terry, too. Terry. (laughs) Because that's all you have to look forward to because LaMelo Ball will not be back for the game. Yeah, the House the, of Highlights, you won't have anything to report on tomorrow besides right. Julius Randle absolutely smacking the Hornets down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing that they could House of Highlights will be able to report on are the uh, the the Hornets announcers. I think I think that's what they're up to now. Without LaMelo you know? Ball, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, they're just waiting around for him with the Hornets no. announcers. No, no, no. Without LaMelo Ball, they'd be selling socks on the internet. <laughs> How is that? <laughs> Tiny iPhone cases. You know? Shout out yeah. to our Phoenix Suns correspondent, um, David Galovitz, <laughs> for always providing the comic relief on Sporting DSM. <laughs> yeah. Comic and relief. Comic relief endorsed by uh, official NBA buzz himself. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, guys, before we move on to the next topic, how about we discuss uh, having NBA buzz on DSM? What did you guys say? Oh, that was amazing. I, I, got, a, I got a few words. Mike, you go, uh-huh. go first. Go ahead. So I got the call when I was working. And I was like, at first, how the hell did he do that? And then, you know, you talk more, we talked more. And I was just like, all right, but we can't do this alone. And David was just like, telling me about having Jolovitz on. And I was, anytime he brought up having Jolovitz on, I was thinking in my head, yo, Jolovitz and Mikey are going to have like this exchange of words that's going to be so good for the fans to listen to. And I was thinking, you know, maybe more into the episode, Mikey's going to realize like Jolovitz is actually really smart and he knows what he's talking about. First question, Mikey's like winded. First question Jolovitz asks. He could not process, mentally process what Jalovitz asked them about. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our Phoenix Suns correspondent, man. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, just hitting us with, uh, you know, unexpected jokes, uh, unexpected questions that are deep, you know, uh, and just interesting topics, right, Solomon? Of course, of course. David, Jol- David Jalovitz, you know, he, uh, we love We love the guy. I mean, he, he's a, a great to have on the, on the podcast, of course. And whenever he comes on, he always has something to say. He's got like a question to ask us. And like, it, it like, it's so like, where'd you get this from? Like, where, where did this come from? And like, it, 
and we'll, we'll spend so much time on that, that topic that he, he just brought up to the podcast. And uh, so he just brings so much to the, to the show that, uh, and, and when Mikey from official NBA buzz was here, he loved it. He, he, he loved the way Jalovitz spoke and the way he brought up these topics and uh, he, he had fun, Mikey Domagala and Mikey was a, uh, he was a very knowledgeable guy. He knew his stuff. Uh, we were talking about a lot of things all across the NBA, and he did not fail to uh, to live up to to the episode. Yeah, uh, and just circling back to David Jalovitz, I mean, I, I tell the guys this all the time for the people who are listening, but I don't know where Sporting DSM would be without our Phoenix Suns correspondent. Just what he brings to the show is what makes Sporting DSM. It, it really does. So so that the past five minutes was for our Phoenix Suns correspondent. Yeah. Job. And then so, also, if you look at the, the website, sportingdsm.com, where you can find our merch, he's the one who designed – all these, all these, uh, you know, all the logos and the, the, the pictures. He, he's the one who designed all of these things. All the, the hoodies and the shirts and everything there was designed by him. That's right. You know, all the help he does for us behind the scenes, like, especially with like planning out, you know, how we like delegate speaking time. Like, he really helps us out behind the scenes so much. To the point where I feel like if we never had Jolovitz on the podcast from the first time we had him on, I think our episode with Mikey would have been like garbage for real. It would have been something. Well, I don't know about garbage. I mean, you know, we're still, you know, <laughs> now, look, it wouldn't have been as awesome as it was. You know what I mean? I'm right. saying, I would have interrupted a lot like that because I have a habit of that. I probably would have been in bed as well. Um, <laughs> I was just, uh, yeah. How about we get back to the league? <laughs> All right. <laughs> get back to the league. I hear okay. You. So, uh, the, the, uh, playoffs are coming up. Playoffs are getting closer. Uh, it is now the, uh, the playoffs in our fantasy league. And, uh, that's something that the listeners actually have not heard a lot about. This season, so uh, I'm gonna give him a little insight. This season, uh, I don't know if you all remember Alan Mandalawi, my cousin. He was on the ep- he was on the show for one episode during the summer, but uh, I stole his entire team. I stole his team. I took it. He gave it to me. Really, he gave it to me. <laughs> I mean, he gave me Bradley Beal. He gave me uh, Shy. Uh, he gave me Donovan Mitchell back. Uh, he gave me a lot of guys. And on top of that, I already had LeBron, Nikola Jokic. Uh, my team is stacked, man. All right, that's all you need to know. My team is stacked. But yeah. right now, I'm in third place <laughs> because of injuries. LeBron is injured. Shy is injured. Donovan Mitchell is injured. Uh, Rui Hachimura is out. Uh, I hate the injuries, man. I hate him. I hate the freaking injuries. And and they just keep adding up. They just keep adding up. Joe Heaney, who has been in first place all, all season long, I have not played the guy with a completely healthy team the entire season. I played him three times. All three times I had players injured. And I think two out of three times LeBron was was hurt. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I think that injuries this season are a huge problem for the for the NBA. And uh, is a huge problem for the NBA. And last episode with Mikey from Official NBA Buzz – we spoke about the injuries, and I listed all the injuries that that uh, was going around through the league. And uh, now there's even more. Now that you have Donner, you have uh, 
Donovan Mitchell. You've got uh, uh, James Harden still out with that the ACL. How long is James Harden going to be out, by the way? He has not returned from that ACL injury, and I don't know when he will, but it, it's Harden? not looking good for the Nets. James Harden. ACL injury? It was, oh, no, sorry, not uh, ACL, whatever. What, what was it? Uh, meniscus? Uh, James no. Harden and Jamal Murray are not the same person. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, don't a, <laughs> I don't think it was a meniscus injury. It was probably like, a, I think, a, a, something. I don't know. I don't know exactly. All but, right. Well, uh, James Harden has been out for a while. Yeah. Uh, oh, here it is. It's, it's a hamstring. Okay. Hamstring, right. Okay. Yeah, a hamstring. Let me ask you guys. Are the Nets going to be healthy? Come playoff time. No. Are you gonna see Kevin Durant, James nope. Harden, Kyrie Irving? No. Nope. nope. What are the because what are the odds? What are the odds? The the trade deadline was March 25th. It's now April 19th. They've played seven games together. Only seven. So what are the odds that in, in such a short time of the playoffs, that in such a short span of time of the playoffs that that they would all be healthy? Because yeah. it's been almost a month, and they they have not even played a double-digit amount of games yet together. So this is where, right, you know, Nets fans look at Sean Marks and say, oh, well, then what was the point of this? You know, in, in months from now where they see uh, that there were a second-round exit. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just predicting this. This is just what I'm personally predicting. So – people could disagree with me and say, no, you know, maybe even just with James Harden, they make the finals or just with Kevin Durant, they make the finals. This is where Nets fans turn around look at Sean Marks and say, you just traded away our whole, our, our young core, everything we built for the past, I don't know how many years for a team that didn't even make the finals this season. And for players that may not even resign with us in a couple of seasons. You know, I don't think the fans will blame Sean Marks for this because uh, on the surface, when they, he made the moves, the Nets fans loved him. They loved the moves that he was making because it was, it was such big-name moves. I mean, they weren't thinking that it, it wouldn't pan out. We were, but they weren't. And you're saying this on behalf of, you know, every Nets fan. That I mean, I don't think every Nets I mean, fan... I can't would. speak for the Nets fans because I'm not a Nets fan, but this is just what I'm, I'm thinking. Right, but I mean, I don't think every net fan was in favor of a Harden move after seeing, you know, half their young core and everything they built over the past few years, you know, just being traded with the snap of a finger. And I mean, I if I was a Nets fan, I'd be pissed at Sean Marks if I don't see my team making the finals after having three of the best players to ever play in the game. You know, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed. And then, like, what if in a year from now or two years from now, James Harden decides to just leave Brooklyn and go somewhere else? Or what if Kevin Durant doesn't resign? And what if the Brooklyn Nets championship dreams, you know, actually don't come to fruition? Then I'd look at Sean Marks and I'd be like, you are one terrible GM. Yeah. Like, like what if uh, it doesn't work out and Harden doesn't like what's going on over there and he demands a trade, just like he did from the Rockets? Or what if there's some drama with Kyrie and Durant, Durant decides to demand a trade. Or Durant go. decides to leave. There you go. Or, uh, like, what if Kyrie decides that the that the energy is toxic or, or something or whatever? If the wind is blowing in the wrong direction, Kyrie will get mad. Exactly. They have three of the most uh, – I, I don't know what the word is, but, like, they're all drama queens. Moody, bipolar. Everything. Every they have the whole package. Kevin Durant, James Harden, you know, drama queens. Yeah, all due respect, they're phenomenal ball players. No, no question about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, that stuff. I mean, you know, there's no cohesion. Yeah. So you know what what happens when you're in the playoffs and you lose? You're starting to lose to LeBron. You know, it gets to your head, and then you know James Harden may say, "Hey, listen, I'm getting out of here." Kevin Durant may be like, ah, "I want to get out of here." Kyrie Irving may get on the floor and start praying and start saying meditating stuff. I don't know. It was <laughs> <laughs> meditation. You all right? Uh, but yeah, look, like I said, I don't. I don't the, the Nets are are unpredictable. We we don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn. It's it's just an experiment that is uh i don't know 
I, I don't know. I just I don't know what the Brooklyn Nets. All right, people that keep asking you about the Brooklyn Nets on the Q and I have to stop. Okay, they know oh, yeah. our stance on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I don't like them. I just don't like them because I'm a Nick fan. Uh, uh, <laughs> otherwise. Uh, I mean, so I needed I needed a telescope to to read what Solomon wrote a couple yeah. of days ago. <laughs> like, no, I saw that too. I saw that too. We yeah. get so many questions about the Nets. We want more questions about like players, different teams, not the Nets. We can't keep asking every week. What are your thoughts on the Nets? Right. Like, like I get questions on the Q and A about the Nets, and I'll I'll answer like you know what. Screw you. I, I'll, I'll just talk about this on the episode, right? I'm not, I'm not about to sit here and write a, a whole paragraph for you because you're asking about the Nets, all right? I'm tired of talking about the Nets. Enough. Let's talk about a different team. Yeah, and we don't have to always ask our Phoenix Suns correspondent about the Suns. I mean, we can... <laughs> oh, people love doing that. Let's, you know, let's expand. Yeah, he doesn't only know about the Phoenix Suns, guys. Also, right. for the next uh, Q&A Wednesday, we're going to have you guys ask questions for our guests who we will reveal at the uh, uh-huh. end of this episode. That's a great idea. So. Wait, we'll, we'll reveal the guests at the end of the episode. Yeah, stick around till the end of the episode and, uh, and we'll let you know who is going to be on and yeah. how many of them will there be. <laughs> We just gave it away after that. <laughs> well, after that I don't know. We, you know could say, we could just say it's another five-person episode. Ne- next but. episode, we'll be having 50 people on Sporting DSM. Five, zero, <laughs> 50. All right? <laughs> I can barely handle five. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great episode. It's going to be nice. Nicely moderated as well, I hope. Right, Stalin? Mm, yeah, of course. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I mean, after that voice message Jolovit sent us, <laughs> this is just a David Jolovit's appreciation episode. Like, <laughs> yes. So if, da- if David, when he hears this, you know, he's gonna come at us and be like, "Guys, right. we're gonna, gonna kill us," <laughs> and he's not even here. Right. <laughs> so David, even when you're not here, you know, we're still talking about you as if you are here. The fans love him. The fans love him. That's all that yeah. matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I want to mention one thing real quick. I don't know if it's on the, the topic list or whatnot, but the, how about Julius Randle? And, and I'm not just saying say that. because I'm a Knicks fan. I'm I know. I was just going to say that. I, I was, Knicks I really was. Fan. 44 points, right? As if he's playing a 2K game. Player of the week. Player of the week. Player of the week in the East. Eastern I, Conference Player of the Week. Six most- game winning streak. Most improved player in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, I, since Christian Wood's injury, all I could say, Randall for most improved player. I completely agree. Julius Randall, most improved player of the year. Give it to you him. Can, you cannot discredit the man. You, I watch him week in, week out. And, and so does David, I'm guessing. You know. But <laughs> he is easily... Easily the biggest turnaround because last season we were literally watching him. Every time he had the ball, we begged him to pass it. Now we beg the rest of the Knicks to pass it to Randall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yesterday, we saw a game of Julius Randall versus Julius Randall with hops. According to uh, Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor. Yeah. According to Ennis Cantor. <laughs> it was- and- if you watch the game, it was literally two bulls going at it. It's it's like two animals, you know, fighting against each other. But I don't mean to discredit Randall. Zion did have a better game than him, even yeah. though they didn't come out with the W. And also, shout out to Emil Cohen, who uh, sent me this uh, post that Ennis Cantor said that, uh, I feel like Randall, I feel like he's just Randall with hoops, with referring hoops. to Zion. And I told him, I said, look, I would say Randall is a better passer right now. And also Randall gets more touches deeper in the post while Zion takes it himself from the top. Zion is overall a better inside scorer. No one's denying that. Right. And I'm looking at Zion and watching for his assists to go up because he is starting to play some more point guard. 
Oh, big time. Yeah, it was all over ESPN when I was watching the Knicks-Pelicans game. I mean, all you heard about was uh, them raving about Zion playing point guard. Stan Van Gundy's giving him the ball and saying, let's go, you're the guy who's going to facilitate. Not Lonzo, not Eric Bledsoe, you. Zion. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he's doing a good job at it. Very good job. I mean, mean, two years ago, if you told me this guy Zion Williamson is going to play point guard for whatever team he plays for, I wouldn't believe you. Be like, this big guy, (laughs) 260 something pounds running point guard? No. I don't think he was 6'10, not 6'8. I thought he makes more sense. He's Uh, a big man. That's all that matters. He's a big guy. Yeah, that's it. He's an athletic big man. The guy is just this complete player. And, and he's been so underlooked this season. Like, no one's talking about Zion Williamson. He's underlooked because he had an injury and because, you know, rookie of the year didn't – he was in the rookie of the year race. Yeah. So it's because of that injury last season, if he right. never got injured, I'm telling you, he would have had rookie of the year in his hands like this. Literally. I mean, it would, been, it would have been a competitive one. Don't get me wrong. Between I don't know him and, and Ben Simmons, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was for the races. Uh, John Morant was competing for everything, including <laughs> Rookie of the Year. Coach of the Year. Yes. Rookie of the Year was just a side thing. You know, he's going uh-huh. to the year. Right. Everything. GM of the Year. <laughs> no, that's LeBron James. He wins it every year. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The Lakers really need a GM. We all know LeBron's the one facilitating the trades. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. even said it themselves, you know. <laughs> So there's a few teams I want to touch on before we go today. And first one I'm going to focus on is the Boston Celtics on a six-game winning streak. Are they back on track? Do they have what it takes to go far in the playoffs? Is this going to pan out? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you can go ahead first. I mean, I don't know. The Celtics, as we know, are – and this season they're not – you know, the worst team, but they had their inconsistencies. And, you know, Kemba Walker wasn't really showing out. You know, they traded for Fournier. But now, I don't know. It's hard to say right now. Let's see how far they go. Yeah, I was going to say, I was watching the Celtics versus the Warriors game. Yeah, it was Celtics-Warriors. Evan Fournier actually has COVID, COVID protocols, uh, and he'll be out Monday. Today, so give me back soon. Hope so. Paul gave him to me on fantasy. <laughs> we colluded. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, I was watching the Celtics Warriors game, and I was just noticing, and like, I mean, I just noticed right off the bat that Kemba Walker is just not the same. He's not the same player. Take I mean, the man out of Charlotte. I, I don't know what happened to Kemba Walker this season, but I mean the the man, you know, after getting an after you know getting a screen from his teammate and being wide open, you know, like a year ago or two years ago, it was just a knockdown three, like it was nothing. Now the guy is missing wide open threes, turning the ball over constantly, and I'm just like looking and I'm like, what the hell happened to you, Kemba? Where are you? What's what's going on? Jalen Brown is going off. I mean, don't even ask me about Jalen Brown. Dude's having a great season. Uh, Tatum too. Uh, they they also they still need help at that center position. I don't think Tristan Thompson's enough, but uh, that's something for for later. And how about the Jabari Parker addition after waving Mo Wagner? <clears throat> Mo Wagner is actually playing pretty well for them. Yeah, and uh, you talk about Kemba Walker. He has been through a lot early on this season. He did have an injury coming into the season. Uh, and of course, COVID wasn't easy for him. Uh, but uh, you know, it's been a long time since then. And you think that he, uh, this far into the season, at least he would adjust and and get his game back. But uh, I don't know. It, it hasn't really been there. And this yeah. six-game winning streak, I think, is due to the Celtics putting the ball in Jason Tatum's hands more. I think that's – and Jalen Brown as well, yes. I think that's really been a problem for them all season. And in those those past few games, the reason they're they're on this six-game winning streak, they're tied for the biggest current winning streak in the league with the Knicks, I think it's because 
they're putting the ball in Tatum and Brown's hands more often, and it's paying off. The the boys are scoring a lot of points, all right, and they're they're playing hard on both ends of the floor, and they've got the rest of their team around them supporting them, and that's all they need. That's all they need. They need the ball, and they need the rest of the team to support them. Yeah, and I'm looking at you know some of Kevin Walker's stats over here, and I mean. His shooting numbers are just not, I don't know, they're just not the same as they used to be. The, the men went 0 for 7 against the Nuggets, 4 for 11 against the Blazers, ah. 4 for 11 against the Warriors. Ah. Most recently, like, what is going on, ah. Kemba? Like, where are, and like, you know, we, we said this uh, in the beginning of the season and we were like, you know what, you know, he'll cover. It'll, it'll take some time, but Kemba will come back. Right, right. I even picked him up on my fantasy team and he, he trended upward a little bit. He had a spike, and then he went back down. Yeah. I don't know. The Celtics are just overall, as a team this season, are, are just so interesting. Right, yeah. And, you know, you look back a little bit, and you see this six-game winning streak, and you think, you know, maybe this is a good thing. But uh, the uh, And it's a great thing that they're giving Tatum and, and Brown the ball more. But in the long run, in the playoffs, I don't think they'll be able to get out of the first round with that kind of offensive game plan. They won't. It's not going to happen. Not, not against a well-constructed defense in the playoffs, in a seven-game series, where the, opponent, the opposing team knows that you're going to Tatum and Brown. It's either Tatum or Brown. The opposing, the opposing team knows what you're going to do. They know your game plan, and they can plan to attack it on defense. They can shut it down. It's not so yeah. hard to do. You have a, a a good coach who knows what he's doing on the defensive end. They'll get, they're going to get stopped in the first round. Yeah, yeah. The and I mean, Salman, do you think it's it's Brad Stevens? Do you have, do you think it has anything to do? With uh, it it could be Brad. I mean, you know, Brad Stevens has a history of being a good coach. Okay, Brad Stevens on on all of his Celtics teams until this season has really been a a good uh, leadership guy, a good guy to preach moving the ball around and playing hard on both ends of the floor. Offense and defense. The Celtics used to be a very good two-way team as a team, two-way team. And they were they were incredible. I, I loved watching the Celtics. And I had a lot of faith in Brad Stevens. But this season, you got you to gotta stop and say, okay, at what point? Because we're, right now, they're 31 and 26. So they're almost 60 games into the, into the season now. Okay? So at what point do we, do, we, do we point fingers and say, at some point, we have to. We have to say, okay, something's got to change. Okay, Brad Stevens, do something. It's we're 60 games into the season. Brad Stevens, come on. This is your team. Yeah. Jason, it's not Tatum's fault. Tatum's scoring. Tatum, he he's passing, he's rebounding. He Tatum's doing everything he, he, he can do. So is Jalen Brown. It's not their fault. Brad Stevens, come on, do something. Kem Kemba's not playing good. Well, Brad Stevens, get him into shape. Come on. Yeah. I, I really thought, you know, Brad Stevens would be the guy to step in, you know, after the players aren't, you know, obviously doing anything other than, you know, Tatum Brown. I'm, I'm saying in terms of Kemba Walker not stepping in and really doing much. I thought that Brad, Brad Stevens would be the guy to be like, guys, let's go get back up. We got to, but I mean, at the same time, they're also missing a lot of positions and like at the power forward spot, they're missing positions at the center spot. I mean, yeah, you can argue and say Tristan Thompson, like he's a decent center. No, he's, he's really not. I, I mean, they, they still get pushed around in the paint. If you watch Celtics games, you still see the Celtics being pushed around in the paint. Am I wrong? Well, yeah, the, the center position has really been a problem for them for the past few seasons. Uh, and Tristan Thompson uh, is not helping them. Daniel Tice is a good offensive guy, but he's not helping them on the defensive end. I mean, he's not there anymore to help them. 
Right. Oh, that's true. That's right. My mistake. <laughs> he's gone now. But Robert Williams is a good defensive guy, but he's not helping them on the offensive end. So really, I, I was surprised when they didn't go after Andre Drummond the, uh, on, on, at the deadline. I think Drummond would have been a great fit for them. I think Vucevic would have been a great fit for them. I I, uh, I spoke about this. I said Vucevic would be able to keep up with the pace. He'd be able to play defense. He'd be able to, to facilitate, uh, handle the ball, shoot the ball. I think Vucevic would have been the perfect fit for the Boston Celtics. Unfortunately, the Bulls snagged them up. That's true. And the better offer. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a question for you guys. Go ahead. Do you think... The Celtics will be parting ways with Brad Stevens anytime soon. I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, they they have a lot of faith in the guy. They trust him, and uh, they they're probably going to overlook this season, and and say, you know what, we'll get him next season. And you know what uh, it is? yeah, go ahead, sir. And because just because Brad Stevens is young, so I think they're planning on on keeping him there long term, and and seeing this season as just a bump in the road. And, and planning long term. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was going to say something similar to that. And also, uh, you guys also have to remember that Danny Ainge is a guy behind all this. And he's not really, he's known for not really making the smartest moves uh, when it comes to trade deadline, when it comes to the trade deadline. And like he even admitted that he, that uh, he does tend to, uh, make last minute decisions or he's sometimes indecisive. It was some article I read. I'd, I'll refer to it later, but uh, I mean, I, what I'm trying to say is with my point is you guys have to look at the front office too. You know, uh, it's not always only the coaches and the players, you know, it's stuff that happens in the front office that also affects team gameplay. If that makes sense. I tried. No, to- you're right. You're right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Maybe. Maybe there's something going on with management that we don't know. Maybe there's something going on with Danny Age or the owners, and uh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe there's something behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, you and, you and I as Knicks fans should know that firsthand when Phil Jackson was uh, president of basketball operations. You know, was terrible. back in the day. You know, it's when, funny you mentioned Phil Jackson because Solomon and I just recently started re-watching The Last uh-huh. Dance, which came out a year ago today. Oh, Wow. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. COVID was still young, yeah. April 19th, 2020. Wow. And the last it's available on Netflix. You guys can go watch it if you still haven't. Actually, yeah. speaking of Michael Jordan, he will introduce Kobe Bryant at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I honestly think that's the best way to honor Kobe, if we're being real. You have- I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. The GOAT, really reason, is. the GOAT. Yeah, it's the only way. Uh, Brian Scalabrini could have been another great option. I mean, <laughs> he I was Kobe's think- teammate. Yeah. And he's the best player in the NBA probably of any era like ever. But, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, the last thing I want to talk about is Stephen Wardell Curry. Ooh, yeah. All right. Stephen Curry has become the first player since 1967 to score 30 plus games in nine, 30 plus points in nine games straight. The first Warrior since 1967. The Warriors' offensive rating without Curry on the floor is 11th worst of all time. And with him, they are incredible. Uh, he has uh, went 10 games straight, scoring 30 plus points. Immense amount of three-pointers. So Stephen Curry is on an absolute tear. And they're now in the ninth seed, which they were in the 10th a few days ago. And the the Mavericks are worried, I I think. Right when they got in the ninth seed, Mark Cuban, as well as Luka Doncic, they're both complaining about the play-in tournament because the Warriors just made it into the play-in tournament. I if, want the Mavericks to worry too, very much. Yeah, they should. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys think they'd be able to make the playoffs? And if they do, will they get far? Will they make it past the first round? I I doubt it. Know. I doubt I it. Without Clay Thompson, I doubt it. Okay, I, I mean, Steph Curry – I mean, after watching that Warrior-Celtics game, Stephen Curry is – 
I, I don't even know how to describe this man. I, I really don't. I We've don't never seen that. a shooter like him in our lifetime. He has double teamed Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, and so many other people from the three-point line that he's easily, in my head, the greatest shooter of all time. He is. The greatest shooter of all time. Now, in terms of making the playoffs, if they make this play-in tournament, I, I, I honestly see Stephen Curry taking the Warriors to the playoffs, but not past, you know, the first round. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. After. I think there's going to be a first-round exit. They're not going to be anything more than that. I, I mean, I, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with any of those Western Conference teams. I mean, yeah, you'll win a game or two, but I don't, I don't see them doing much. It's, it's really – Stephen doesn't really have the help. Draymond Green is – yeah, he's a good teammate. Don't get me wrong. Kelly Oubre, I mean, the guy's injured. Andrew Wiggins isn't enough. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, Gary Payton the second isn't really enough. Uh, that's what I think, at least. I don't think they're going to go anywhere past the first round. So first round exit, if they do make the play. Right. So here, here's what I think. Right now, they're in the ninth seed. The record is 28 and 29. The Memphis Grizzlies have a record of 29 and 26. Now, if Curry keeps this up, they may surpass the Grizzlies and take that eighth seed. But uh, right now, this is where they are. They're in the ninth seed. And I believe that they can definitely make the playoffs. I think they can make the playoffs. Absolutely. 100% making the playoffs. Why? Because last year, we saw something similar. We saw the Blazers... I had a play-in tournament with the Grizzlies. And, I mean, it's a completely different team. But the Blazers, in the end, took it because of Damian Lillard's performance. Right? It was a, a one-and-done one series. It was a one-game series. And the Blazers took it. This year, I think Stephen Curry will be able to take down the Spurs. And I think the... The, the way that the tournament goes is seven and, seventh and eighth battle for the seventh seed. And in this situation, Dallas would, would most likely beat the Grizzlies, which would leave the Grizzlies to the Warriors to play for the eighth seed once the Warriors get by the, the Spurs. So I think in that situation, Curry will be able to do what needs to be done and take out the Grizzlies and advance to the playoffs and which would ultimately mean that they would have to go against the Utah Jazz as they currently sit in the one seed which may change by the way the Suns have a record the, the Jazz have a record of 42 and 15 the Suns have a record of 40 and 16 and the Clippers have a record of 40 and 19 so the Suns or even the Clippers may overtake the, the first seed before the playoffs start, because Donovan Mitchell is injured, and that is going to take a toll on the Jazz going forward. I mean, I I kind of like this, you know, playoff play-in system. It's kind of like the wild card in the NHL. You know, you have this team that's kind of, in the NFL, my bad. You have this, like, borderline, um, basically, are we going to make the playoffs or not? And you have that, like, last little thing to decide it. Mm-hmm. I, like this, I like the concept. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to <clears throat> to see because uh, if it does uh, work out well, then maybe the NBA, <clears throat> excuse me, like in, incorporates it, you know, in future season. What it, like like the, the I don't know why I keep stuttering. I apologize. <laughs> um, but like it, we saw this with the uh, coaches challenge. The coaches challenge was tested in the G League first, and then they brought it to the NBA. They tested it out for a season, and now look look at look at it. It's in the NBA now. So uh, what if this play-in tournament happens again next season or the season after that? What do you guys think? Like, Just let it happen. Uh, I, mean, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Personally, it gives you know, more teams a chance to you know want more out of the season. I feel like it also gives like less expectation for teams. Like, oh, we could finish like ninth, 10th. We'll, be, we'll still be considered somewhat a playoff team. Uh, I don't like it that much. You know, on the one hand – yeah, it gives teams more incentive to, to go after that playing tournament. And even in the ninth and 10th seed, they have a chance at competing for the title when the, when the season ends. But I kind of agree with uh, Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic on this one uh, in that you, 
already played 72 or in the coming seasons, 82 games to determine where you'll be in, in the postseason. Why do I need to play another three games to, to determine where, where I'll, I'll be seated? Because it's an incentive. It's an incentive for the ninth and tenth seeds, but when you think about the seventh and eighth seeds, they they could be uh, uh, ten games ahead of the ninth seed and then lose that the one game in the playing tournament, or or two games or whatever it may be in that playing tournament, and ultimately lose that spot in the playoffs because they lost one game. They lost one game. Uh, I I don't know. I I, I think. I think it's more fair to everyone else besides the ninth and tenth seed uh, seeds to not have this playing tournament and just play a, a regular full season with seventy-two or eighty-two games, whatever it may be, and then just jump into the playoffs. Yeah, I think it makes more sense that way. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, right. sounds good. Anyway, that's all the time we have today for Sporting DSM. Uh, right now, we are going to tell you about our next episode. We will be bringing back an old friend of ours named Harry uh-huh. Chaznoff. That's right. And, and we'll uh, be bringing on a fresh face as well. Um, his name is Jake Towell from We The Fans. That's right. Harry Chaznoff from uh, the Center Sports. And Let's talk. Center Sports Talk and... Jake Towell from WTF, We The Fans. Uh, So make sure to tune in to that next week uh, on our next episode of Sporting DSM. And uh, if you're not following us already, go give us a follow on Instagram at Sporting DSM. You can go ahead and follow We The Fans and the the uh, Center Sports Talk, I'm sorry, on Instagram as well. And also take a look at our merch at sportingdsm.com. And thank you for listening to today's episode. And remember, our merch has intellectual property to it. That's right. May surpass the Grizzlies and take that eighth seed, but uh, right now this is where they are. They're in the ninth seed, and I believe that they can definitely make the playoffs. I think they can make the playoffs. Absolutely. 100% making the playoffs. Why? Because last year... We saw something similar. We saw the Blazers had a play-in tournament with the Grizzlies. And, I mean, it's a completely different team. But the Blazers, in the end, took it because of Damian Lillard's performance. Right? It was a a one-and-done series. It was a one-game series. And the Blazers took it. This year, I think Stephen Curry will be able to take down the Spurs. And I think... The, the the way that the tournament goes is seven and seventh and eighth battle for the seventh seed. And in this situation, Dallas would would most likely beat the Grizzlies, which would leave the Grizzlies to the Warriors to play for the eighth seed once the Warriors get by the, the Spurs. So I think in that situation, Curry will be able to do what needs to be done and take out the Grizzlies and advance to the playoffs. And which would ultimately mean that they would have to go against the Utah Jazz as they currently sit in the one seed, which may change, by the way. The Suns have a record, the, the Jazz have a record of 42 and 15. The Suns have a record of 40 and 16. And the Clippers have a record of 40 and 19. So the Suns or even the Clippers may overtake the, the first seed before the playoffs start because Donovan Mitchell is injured and that is going to take a toll on the Jazz going forward. I mean, I I kind of like this, you know, playoff play-in system. It's kind of like the wild card in the NHL. You know, you have this team that's kind of, in the NFL, my bad. You have this like borderline, um, basically, are we going to make the playoffs or not? And you have that like last little thing to decide it. I like the, I like the concept. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to <clears throat> to see because uh, if it does uh, work out well, then maybe the NBA, <clears throat> excuse me, like in, incorporates it 
you know, in future seasons, what do you, like, like the, the, I don't know why I keep stuttering. I apologize. <laughs> um, but like it, we saw this with the uh, coaches challenge, the coaches challenge was tested in the G league first, and then they brought it to the NBA. They tested it out for a season and now look, look at, look at it. It's in the NBA now. So uh, what if this play in tournament happens again next season or the season after that? What do you guys think? Like, Just let it happen. Uh, I, mean, I don't mind it. I don't mind it personally. It gives you no know, more teams a chance to you know want more out of the season. I feel like it also gives like less expectation for teams. Like, oh, we could finish like ninth, tenth. We'll be we'll still be considered somewhat a playoff team. Uh, I I don't like it that much. You know, on the one hand, yeah, it gives teams more incentive to to go after that playing tournament, and even in the ninth and tenth seed, they have a chance at competing for the title when the when the season ends but i kind of agree with uh mark cuban and luka Doncic on this one uh in that you already played 72 or in the coming seasons 82 games to determine where you'll be in in the postseason why do i need to play another three games to to determine where where i'll, I'll be seated because it's an incentive it's an incentive for the ninth and tenth seeds, but when you think about the seventh and eighth seeds, they they could be uh, uh, ten games ahead of the ninth seed and then lose that the one game in the playing tournament, or or two games or whatever it may be in that playing tournament, and ultimately lose that spot in the playoffs because they lost one game. They lost one game. Uh, I I don't know. I I, I think. I think it's more fair to everyone else besides the ninth and tenth seed uh, seeds to not have this playing tournament and just play a, a regular full season with seventy-two or eighty-two games, whatever it may be, and then just jump into the playoffs. Yeah, I think it makes more sense that way. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, right. sounds good. Anyway, that's all the time we have today for Sporting DSM. Uh, right now, we are going to tell you about our next episode. We will be bringing back an old friend of ours named Harry uh-huh. Chaznoff. That's right. And, and we'll uh, be bringing on a fresh face as well. Um, his name is Jake Towell from We The Fans. That's right. Harry Chaznoff from uh, the Center Sports. And Let's talk. Center Sports Talk and... Jake Towell from WTF, We The Fans. Uh, So make sure to tune in to that next week uh, on our next episode of Sporting DSM. And uh, if you're not following us already, go give us a follow on Instagram at Sporting DSM. You can go ahead and follow We The Fans and the the uh, Center Sports Talk, I'm sorry, on Instagram as well. And also take a look at our merch at sportingdsm.com. And thank you for listening to today's episode. And remember, our merch has intellectual property to it. That's right.